Hello, welcome back to another edition of the I Am Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Rob Mendyka. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm here. He is here. We are locked in. We're ready to go. We've got a loaded show for you guys today. We're talking Red Wings, the flurry of moves that Steve Eisenman decided to pull off at the trade deadline. We actually have stuff to talk about, so I don't look like a liar, so that's positive. Um, we're also talking some college basketball, the state of Michigan State and Michigan as we head into the Big Ten tourney, um, which then leads into the Big Boy tourney. So we'll be talking all about that. We've also got another mock draft corner slash combine check-in. Uh, the NFL Combine is ongoing as of this recording, so we're going to check in there. And then we're going to end the show this week talking some fantasy matchups. And what I mean by that is, is we're going to be setting up our dream WrestleMania cards from past WrestleManias. We're going to give you the lowdown on that. Something kind of getting you in the mood for WrestleMania. Obviously next week, because uh, of the, our recording date, we're going to be talking AEW's revolution show next week. So that'll probably, um, probably lead off the show next week, barring any uh, other major news coming out of the sports world. So be on the lookout for that. Um, but Mike, let's just jump right in here. Red Wings. You know, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, and, you know, I was kind of on record and be like, you know, I think they can get this playoff run, and then as soon as I said that, they went, what the hell, dude, and then they proceeded to lose the next five. So, clearly, they're not in the playoffs. They make a flurry of moves, but before I talk about the people they let go, I want to talk about the guy that they got to stay, and that is one Mr. Dylan Larkin. He is back on an eight-year contract. Um worth a whole hell of a lot of money. I think it's like $8 million per. Um, talk to me a little bit, Mike. You know, are you happy about the move? Um, I think I think I can speak for most people where it's a kind of a collective sigh of relief that they got this done mm-hmm. with Larkin. He is their captain. I, I really couldn't have imagined to see um, him playing anywhere else. Uh, just give me your thoughts. Yeah, I thought this was like probably their most important move yes. to make in terms of um, yep. this this trade deadline and or like going into free agency yep. nearing the end of the season, yep. um, he is like your your cornerstone piece. He is like that guy. He's your center. He is literally everything to you that you need um, to build around. Yeah. And so I thought it was very important for you to re-sign him. Yeah. And um, signing him for that long term yep. eight, eight years, sixty nine point six million dollar deal. Yeah. Um, you know it's it's. I think it's on par. You know, I think some people were trying to hold him to that seven and a half mark, right? And I I never really thought that he was ever going to come down to that level. And, you know, I I think it's important to get him locked up. Salary cap's only going up, just like it is for every other league, basically. You know, um, the Wings have a ton of cap flexibility, so it was important to get him done, get him locked down. Mm -hmm. So, you know, going forward, okay, we got our guy, right? And now is about retooling, and we're going to get into these other trades here in a second. You know, this comes off the heels right now. We've got... He signs an eight-year deal. Jake Wollman, who signs a three-year, uh, $10.2 million deal, along with Ali Mata, signs a two-year, $6 million extension. So starting to shore up the defensive line a little bit, right? Jake Wallman now basically being a first-line defender with uh, Moritz Sider on the first line. You know, you've still got Ben Schrott here. You know, you've got Mata. You've got Simon Evanson in the minor league still ready to go at some point, I'm sure. Um, I anticipate he hopefully takes Jordan Orsley's spot because he's terrible. Um 
But yeah, right. So some good news, right? I guess I, I don't want to even frame it as bad news, but then the Wings obviously made some moves to signal that the playoffs probably aren't going to happen. Mm-hmm. And obviously, and we're going to get into his comments as well, but just kind of going over all these trades, Mike, I don't want to get into each one in particular as far as like, what did you think the value is? Because it's so hard to project in hockey, right? The value compared to some other sports like the NFL. But um, first move, Philip Ronick and a 2023 first-round pick to the Vancouver Canucks for a top-12 protected first-round pick in 2023 and a second-round pick in 2023. Uh, that pick from Vancouver, if uh, they don't get that pick this year, Mike, uh, they're going to get it next year as an unprotected first-round pick. Mm. Um, so big move there. The, I think the 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 sexy one that people were, I think, most stunned by, Tyler Bertuzzi goes to the Boston Bruins for a top 10 protected uh, first-round pick in 2024 and a fourth-round pick in 2025. I do want to hit on this specifically just for a second, though. Bertuzzi not re-signing with the Wings, and this is why this move is being made. I think a lot of people are like, I can't believe it. Like, you're not, you know, he was second in the team in scoring last year and all this stuff, but the reality is is that where the Wings are at franchise-wise, they're not going to pay Bertuzzi seven million dollars mm-hmm. it's just not it's just not a thing right yeah. he hasn't been healthy the numbers are down he was on expiring deal it's a business decision you know and we heard Eiserman say look if I thought we were cup contenders I wouldn't have traded any of these guys if I thought we could compete with the Boston Bruins and these guys on a de- on a night-to-night basis mm-hmm. I wouldn't have done that but we're not there yeah. he goes I understand the frustration I understand you know the you know the worry he goes but at the end of the day we're not at that place did i think we could have maybe made the playoffs probably but outside of that he's like he's like we're not we're not there mm-hmm. so i got to make moves to get the war chest restocked you know before you know shit hits the fan kind of give me your thoughts on bertuzzi leaving did you want him resigned or do you think this is a better long term play for the for the uh, for the franchise yeah no i thought i thought this play was pretty obvious to come through. Right. Um, I mean, for like any sport that you watch, a guy who's on his expiring contract. Yep. These are all probably, expiring deals, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And a guy who probably wouldn't have resigned. Yeah. Just letting him walk in free agency, I think is always an asinine move. Like, <laughs> yes, like I, yes. like I think Cincinnati for a, for a football perspective yeah. is kind of in the same boat with a T Higgins, yep. the receiver mm-hmm. where this is last year of their deal. And it's like, okay, if you don't plan on resigning him, right. It's a smart move to trade him for like a high second round pick or even a first round pick possibly. Yep. Yep. And you know, using that resource to draft another guy that you can have for four years to go next to Jamar Chase. Like, I think it's always, if, if you just sit there and let T Higgins walk, mm-hmm. like you don't resign him, but you also didn't trade him and he just leaves for another team. Yep. Then you get absolutely nothing out of him. Yep. So I think trading for Tuesday, if you're not ready to win now and you knew he wasn't probably going to resign with you, it's like, okay, you trade him for a first round pick. Yep. You got a first round pick out of him yep. where that's yep. going to be a nice 21 year old, 22 year old where in yep. two years, he will be making an eighth of what Bertuzzi's right. going to be making, yep. giving you probably relatively. And, and you're taking advantage, production. yeah. And you're taking advantage of a Boston team who's clearly the best team in the NHL. It's not mm-hmm. close, right? They're they're going all in to win a championship, and rightfully so. Like I said, there I think they're like eighteen or twenty points ahead of the next team in the in yeah. the conference, not the division, the conference. Um, 
So getting this right, getting a first-round pick back, you're, you're really reloading. And I'll kind of go over what they have in the next couple drafts here in a second. But the other two big trades, um, big is, I guess is a relative term, but um, uh, where are the other, where's my notes at here? Uh, uh, Jacob Rana, right, who was waived at one point during the season. Um, he's going to the Blues for a seventh-round pick and uh, a prospect, Dylan McLaughlin. Um, they're going to keep... 50% of his salary. So, you know, and you know, it's basically, you know, like 2.5 million for the next two years. They're going to keep you know, mm-hmm. while he plays for St. Louis, obviously writing on the wall for that was for Verona for a while. Didn't work out here for a number of reasons. And then the last, the last trade, Oscar Sundquist came over from the St. Louis blues. He shipped over to Minnesota for a fourth round pick in the 2023 draft. So they got more cap, you know, they got more ammunition, right. When it comes to, um, you know, the draft capital and stuff like that. It's it's hard to say, right? Because at the end of the day, and this is something that Jim Cost, I'm going to give credit to him because I retweeted this. The, the Wings now have eight of the top 100 players under 23. They have five first-round picks in the next three drafts, and they have 26, total, 26 picks in total in that time frame. Mm-hmm. Now, whether they make all those picks, highly unlikely, but the fact that they have the resources available to kind of do whatever the hell they want Couple that with the fact that Iserman is very much bluntly said, we were not going to be buyers at this trade deadline, which I think was kind of a, you know, an opposing view from where I think a lot of the fans kind of thought they would be at for him to come out and say, it's not there. Mm-hmm. We're not ready to win yet at that level. We're not going to go all in yet. I thought was a refreshing for him to be as blunt as he was. I think it's always hilarious, but also B for him to be like, look, this has got to be, we're not, we're not ready. We're yeah. just not ready. Um, my question for you, though, Mike, is at what point do you start to become, to get to that point where you're at with the Tigers and the Pistons, where mm-hmm. you're like, okay, we're not ready. Well, when the hell are we going to be ready, <laughs> right? Now, yeah. this is the third season under Eisenman, right? First year under Coach Derek Lalonde. You know, this is the first offseason that they really spent any real amount of money, mm-hmm. and they still have a ton of cap. Now, remember, Moritz Siders do for an extension at some point. Lucas Raymond is going to be due for an extension at some point. Those are clearly in the plans, right? At one point, do you start to go, okay, Eisenman, I believe in the Eiser plan, but you got X amount of time. Mm-hmm. Like, like is it is it next season where it's like, okay, you have to make the playoffs? Is it the year after that? Where's your kind of timeline with Eisenman so far? Yeah, I, I think it's a slightly longer leash yeah. than what... I would give Troy Weaver yeah. at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'd give him not like next season, probably yeah. the season after that. Right. So like two seasons to really start competing. Um, and th- the reason why I would have a slightly longer leash on him is because he's proven it elsewhere yeah. to get it done. Like Tampa Bay, right. he, he, built, he Tampa. built up Tampa Bay to right. win what two or three straight championships there right. basically. Yep. Um, so I would be like, I'm okay being like, Hey, if you need an extra year, mm-hmm. but you can get to Tampa Bay's level, Right. I'm totally cool with that. Right. Troy Weaver for me for basketball doesn't have that track record necessarily. Right. So I'm just like, I need to see it sooner right. because I don't believe that you can do it. And I think the Pistons, honestly, you would say have kind of backed into 
better picks, right? Like the Wings have gotten screwed a couple years on their first round. The, the Pistons got yeah, yeah literally Pistons, were like, here Pistons, you go. They were like, here's uh, here's Kate Cunningham, right, for you, yeah, and here's a number four pick, whatever, right. Here's Jaden Ivey, like right. they didn't get screwed in the lottery where they were like the fourth worst team and they got the eighth pick or the right. sixth pick, whatever. Right. You know, mm-hmm. the Wings were twenty points lower than everyone else got yeah. like the sixth pick that year right. or whatever. Yep. Like the Pistons were like the fourth worst team and got the number one overall right. pick. Like right. they've gotten more help and still are probably in a worse shape than yeah. what the wings are comparatively. Yeah. So I think I think the leash is relatively there. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready to be like, oh yeah, no, he's got he's gotta go. Like right. yeah, I think he's got probably at least at least another season, if not two, yeah. to really be like Okay, like let's really you know build this up and see what you got because the, the draft pick yeah. stat that you said like the twenty six picks like you gotta either use all of those or trade and use that capital right. and then wait for all of it to develop and flourish before right. you can really and say hockey's it. hard too right you you know I talked about a guy like Simon Evans and their pick, first round pick from two years ago he still has never played a professional game exactly it's not the same process yeah like the NFL it's like hey if you get two first round picks those two guys are starters for you yes that's how it and works. even your second round picks are generally starters Correct. for you right out of the way yeah like hockey it's like yeah you have these 26 picks but say you pick two guys in the first round next year so that would be 2023 draft or whatever right. you won't see those guys till probably 2025 right so that's why the window's also elongated yeah. um yeah it's hard to project though, too, right? It's hard yeah. to you know, it's hard to get excited about first round picks when you're like, okay, but I'm not going to see this yeah. dude. In the three the, years. the annoying thing that Troy Weaver's got is he's used a seventh overall pick, a first overall pick, and a fourth overall pick, and all those guys, and they're still not good. Right? Like you've seen immediate receipts mm-hmm. from those guys, yep. and they're still not like in contention necessarily. No. Where like hockey is like, yeah, we use our twelfth overall pick, pick this guy who you haven't seen him in two years, so like you. So what we right. got when he plays the majors, right? right? So yeah. it's it's an interesting kind of dynamic for sure. Um, you know, I I do think that it, it's it's one of those situations where I expect them to be you know again in play in free agency next year. Although the twenty twenty three class is not necessarily the greatest thing in the world, mm-hmm. um, I, I think he's really trying to set up those extensions more than anything. And I think that's something that people really need to understand is that like you're gonna have to pay more at cider. Like now, mm-hmm. you know that, right? Like you're going to have to pay this dude who's, who's becoming one of the top defensemen in the league. You're going to have to make that happen sooner rather than later. So he's not going to mortgage the future of the team to, you know, win now just to get a buzz sawed by Boston, right? It's just not going to happen. So lots of flurry of moves there. You know, I think this last couple games, especially those two games against Ottawa, I think were the, death nail for this version of the Detroit Red Wings where I think uh, Stevie Y went and said, nope, not not happening. They can't. They're getting manhandled out here. Nope, not yet. It's not time. Not quite yet. So interesting take, right? Still got 20 games left. Who knows? Maybe they could go on another run, but it's not looking super spectacular at yeah. the moment. So lost five straight after winning seven out of the last eight to get themselves back into a playoff spot. And since then, have you know, drop multiple so it's not it's not easy and the schedule is only going to get harder they think they have the fifth hardest schedule for the rest of the way so not going to be great there all right let's show focus here a little bit let's talk some college hoops Hoops. big 10 big 10 turning kicking off this week um michigan has one of the two buys but see that somehow mike they are not projected to be in march madness i wonder how that works um 
you know, this has been a weird season for Michigan basketball, right? You lose a lot of dudes, right? And it's kind of the the problem with acquiring so many five-star guys that are trying to be one and done, right? And you didn't really see those benefits last year either. Mm -hmm. Um, Talk to me about where you're at with Michigan basketball before we talk to Spartans because I think it's weird that they're second in the Big Ten, yet they're not even one of the first four out. They're the next four out, Mm -hmm. right? But teams, I'm like, is it just because... Their out of conference strength the schedule is not very good. So and so it's basically the the rationale behind why they aren't necessarily in is yeah. they beat up on all the bad teams yeah. and any good teams they play yeah. they lose to. Okay. It's basically what it comes down to. Right. So like when you look through some of their schedule, uh, let me just pull up a little here. Yeah. So like teams like Illinois, teams like. Purdue and Iowa, yeah. like they're like zero and two against this year. Right, but the Minnesotas, Ohio State's, Wisconsin's of the world, right. who are at the bottom of the Big Ten, they beat by like fifteen to twenty points. Right, so their quad one wins, yeah, which are, are like great. the top tier wins. I think they've won like two out of. I think they're at two and nine in or ah, something. Gotcha. Okay. But like against all of the bad competition they played, like the non conference and mm-hmm. their lower Big Ten, yeah. I think they're they only have like one or two losses and not quad ones or something. Right. So like it's it's that disparity of like. Yeah, you can beat up on the really bad teams. Right. But when it comes to, okay, you're playing, like, real competition, right. you don't necessarily show up. Um, now, I will say, even in a loss, they played Illinois on Thursday night. Yeah. And it was an awesome game. Yeah. And they were um, winning in overtime, yep. lost the lead, then double overtime. Yep. Came back from down, but yeah. then lost by, I think, like, two or three or something. Really good game against a really <clears> good <throat> Illinois team on the road. Yeah. Um. The outcome of the Indiana game is, you know, is going to be Sunday at four thirty. So it's going to be we're recording before that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they win that game, yeah, and then they go into the Big Ten tournament and win a game or two, I definitely think they have a strong shot of mm-hmm. getting in in like an eleven C type situation. Right. If they lose to Indiana and then lose their first game or you know win a game and lose, I think it's a lot harder to debate. Yeah, they'd be in with really no big. <clears throat> Wins right, no statement wins where you can go, ah, oh, we saw flashes here, right? Yeah. Like, you see flashes and losses. Yeah. Like I said, the Illinois game and right. the Michigan State game and such, where it's like, you see flashes, but... But it's a loss. But still. it's a loss, right. so it, like, doesn't necessarily help your resume. Right. When it's like, oh, yeah, you, you played really good and took this team to double overtime, but you still lost. And you think that's why the committee's kind of looking at it to go, okay, so you're, you don't have those statement wins, so because of that... How can we justifiably put you in for, in that bracket against it's, the top sixty four? So it's it's like if we looked at this college football season this past season, mm-hmm. it was the argument against like Alabama, right. where it was like, okay, your two big games against Tennessee and LSU, mm-hmm. you lost, right? You beat up on all the bad SEC teams <laughs> or whatever, yeah. but the two games that you're like, we need one of these games to get in, you yeah. lost both of them, right? So it's like it's like it's hard to then debate like, yeah. okay, these this team lost. To all the good teams, beats the bad teams, and then there's other teams where, who you compared against, yeah. and it's like, yeah, but they may have beaten Virginia, who's right. number six in the country. Right. It's like that one win is better than any win right. that, that you have yeah, exactly. in general. Yeah. And it's like, would you rather take a North Carolina team that just beat Virginia, or would you take Michigan, who, yeah, he can, they could beat up on Wisconsin, right? But it's right. but when it comes to Iowa or anyone yeah. in the top of the Big Ten, they don't compete yeah, with. No real statement win for the Wolverines this year so far. Um, yeah. And that's the that's like the inverse of Michigan State, right. where Michigan State 
plays the bad teams. Mm-hmm. They play really down to bad teams. Yes. But then they play a team like Iowa or a team like Indiana. It's like, wow, this team looks really good. Mm-hmm. And they compete and they win some of those games. I think they have... Uh, I think they're like 500 against uh, quad one teams. And, 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 I'm and glad so you, that's why right. they're, even though they're ranked a little lower in the Big Ten, yeah. they're projected as like a seven seed at the moment or maybe right. even a six at the highest. It's because of those important quad one wins that they get. Apparently yeah. to Michigan, who's like, yeah, you beat up on bad teams. But so let good. me ask you this, right? Do you think that Michigan should be kind of taking the book out? Like, because we've always talked on this show where like Izzo really front loads the schedule, right? Mm-hmm. Every year to play like some legit teams every year. Like, okay, we got to play Kansas. We got to play Duke. We, whoever, like, those top five programs is, Michigan State is always playing them in one of those first couple big games of the year, right? Yeah. Like, second or third game in the season. Even if they don't come out on top, it's a, all right, we got we to gotta check our barometer early, mm-hmm. right? Where are we in the packing? Are we, okay, we win? Okay, cool. Maybe we've got a chance to do something here. Yeah. If we don't, okay, we kind of have to see where we have to get to. Do you think Michigan should start doing that a little bit more, especially because, you know, in-conference play is always going to kind of dominate, right? But, like, having a few of those games where it's like, hey, look, we went, you know, two and three against top 25 opponents outside of conference. That helps, yeah, right? Yeah, so I think it's weird because college football, yeah. I would say absolutely not. No, You have right. no it, incentive um, yeah, none. To, to play any when top you're, 25 When team. you're conference bowl game and then you're in. And then you're in. You're, yeah. But, like, Michigan, if, you, if, if Michigan went out and scheduled, yeah. like, Clemson, Right. For some reason. Does I them go, no good. It goes because if you lose, you're yep. basically out of the college football playoff. Right. And if you win, then it's like, okay, good, you won. But if right. you lose down the line at all or you you're get still, injured, yeah, you're, you're still, still lose. Right. Yeah. So there's no incentive. You might as well just play three really bad teams in non conference yep. and go into Big Ten play. In basketball, I think it only helps you by scheduling good teams. Right. Because you don't get dinged right. that badly. Like if you it's go like the high school playoffs. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like if you go and you play um, number five Kansas yeah. in the first week of college basketball, and you lose. Yeah, it's like oh, it's we like, lost, it's like, well, we lost to the number five team, but right. you still have thirty games to kind of make up for it. Yeah, and as long as you're twenty and ten, mm-hmm. but you have a a five point loss to number three Kansas. Yeah, it's like okay, that's a good loss to have. Right. So it actually helps you in the resume building if you play Central and Eastern right. and Bowling Detroit Green, Mercy, and Detroit Mercy, <laughs> and God forbid, like Michigan, you lose one of those. Yeah, right. Now you're like. Crap! Now right. it's like you lost Central. Right. Well, we lost to St. John's. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Like that. That only hurts yeah. you by scheduling bad teams and losing. Mm-hmm. And in college basketball, it's a lot easier for a bad team to beat a yeah. good team. Right. Like Michigan would have a much better shot beating Kansas in basketball than beating you know, uh, like Alabama or Georgia in football. Right. You know what I mean? Like right, right, it's right. just easier in basketball to get those upsets. Right. And if even like to your point, if you played five tw- top twenty-five seeds in basketball and you went one and four right. and you beat number two Virginia, right? That right there, you're probably in a tournament because of that one win. Right. Yeah. Assuming you handle your business. Assuming you you have a really yep. good Big Ten schedule and everything, yeah. you probably get that one win. If you're in college football, you know you you lose that one game. Yeah. Right, for yeah, sure. It doesn't matter if you beat Penn State, who's ring, and Ohio State, and the Big Ten Championship game. doesn't matter. You're probably not in because right. you lost that one ranked game. So big shout-out to Izzo, right? That's kind of like an Izzo thing at this point. Where Where is your ceiling for the Spartans? Assuming they get in, right? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I haven't, I'm not going to come on this show and be like, I've watched a ton of Michigan State basketball. <laughs> I have not. However, the couple games I have watched, you know, the two against Michigan, uh, a couple other ones. I saw they lost. Was it to Iowa where they blew? Yeah, a big they blew lead the, the second half. They blew a historically bad. Yeah. Lead. So that didn't. You know, that doesn't help my narrative in any stretch of the imagination. Mm. But at the same time, you know, Izzo's Izzo, and so for me, 
I don't know where to put this team. I don't see past great Michigan State teams, and I also not really seen the flashes where I go, given the right wind, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're going to see them kind of take off and go. Yeah. I don't see really a great ceiling for either Michigan team this year, quite frankly. I, I don't either. I think, well, because like Michigan might not make Michigan turn, might not so, even make it, right. So, like, it's hard to be like, oh, yeah, your ceiling is, like, your ceiling is, like, right. probably make the tournament and maybe win a game if you're right. Michigan at yeah. best. Let's hope we get in the play-in. <laughs> yeah, because, like, if you're the 11 seed play-ins. Yeah. And you're gonna go play six seeded like Villanova or something. I'm like, right. I don't necessarily think you're gonna win that game uh-uh. by any means. Um, Michigan State. I mean, I think they're in the tourney, yeah, pretty much right now. Yeah. Um. So we could talk about their ceiling. I think their ceiling's probably Sweet Sixteen. Yeah. I think once you really start getting into the weeds of those really the, good teams, the, the nitty gritty. Yeah. I think. Um, it's gonna be tough where they're gonna be seated. So they're the six seven. That means they play what the eleven seed or twelve seed, was it seven eleven matchup? Is that what it is? And then or seven ten matchup? Sorry. Yeah. And so they play the ten. After that, I think they play the two seed, right? Because the seven ten, <laughs> yeah. then it's a two fifteen right so. there. I think so. And yeah. so if you play a two seed right after that, yeah. that's unless be you're a... playing VCU for like three years, remember that? Where yeah. VCU was like the number two seed, and they always always lose. The lose. First round. And like, but this team's but g- generally, right now, you'd be probably <laughs> playing like a Kansas or something. I can't imagine that you beat them, but yeah. maybe you upset. I would say your ceiling's probably Sweet Sixteen. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if you're out opening weekend. Yeah. And either. I, I doubt round a sixty four, but probably round a thirty two. But yeah. ceiling would be sixteen, I think. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's definitely a rebuilding year for Michigan, right? You lose all those five star guys, most of which probably shouldn't have left, but nonetheless, um, yeah. you know. And so you're definitely starting to see, you know. I like I like some of the pieces Michigan has. No, right? so like they're so like Dickinson. Dickinson's going to be the Luke Garza, who's just going to stay for the four yeah, or five right, years. Like, right. yeah, this gonna, is last year. Yeah, I think he has one more. Is he really? I thought this was his last I think year. He's a junior. Really? Yeah, I, I could be more. wrong, but I thought he had one more year. I thought he was done because he could. I thought he was going to leave last year, and then everyone's like, "Yeah, you you don't you're not built for this oh, world." <laughs> and then so he's like, "I'm well, going to no, develop a three point." He had the option, like he, obviously yeah. you can leave whenever. Well, no, I know that. Yeah, but I thought like he went I mean, out. Let me pull up what, what status he is? You know, um, yeah, he's only a junior right now. He's oh a junior God. class, so he could dev- he could stay at least one. More, he could stay next year, uh, which I think he. Will probably stay next year if I had to guess. Um, is he going to be the new Taylor Martinez for the quarterback for Nebraska? Where it's like, so you've been playing at Nebraska for twelve years. Yeah, no, that's why. That's why. It's like the Luke Garza. He was there for literally ever. And I was like, can you just leave, please? And then hey, he leaves. Hey, he has some good summer league games to the Pistons. All right, you calm it down. <laughs> Um, but like, terrible. but like guys like Kobe Bufkin are finally really coming into their own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like if he's if like guys like Kobe Bufkin, Kobe Bufkin and Jaden McDaniels and even like Jet, to, yeah, Jet, Jet Howard, Howard yep. to an extent. Yep. Like if all four of those core four guys stay for another year, yeah. I think next year they actually could really put it together and be competitive. Yeah. But they had to fill a massive holes in their entire starting five, and I don't think anything was bigger than the point guard losing Eli Brooks. Well, Such it, a it was, it, you lost Eli Brooks, Cube, yeah. Houston, and Diabate, right. who are all right. either five star or just a stud right. in a guy. Right. And you lose all three of those guys in one season. Now it's like, so we're going to play a whole bunch. I think they started four f- technically freshmen. Yeah. Kobe's not a freshman, but he didn't right. play at all last year. Right. So he's like sophomore starting for the first mm-hmm. time. And then Dickinson. So it's right. like you're basically starting a whole new team out there right. with Dickinson at center. Yeah. So it's, it's tough out Interesting. there. Interesting. Interesting for sure. But, but they all stay. When are we doing our mat? When are we doing the March Madness bracket? When are we so, doing that? 
So let's see. The, the and when I say we, I mostly mean you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Where I go, yeah, so no, that makes if, sense. We, if we plan this out, so next week, yeah, yeah. the Sunday episode will be the twelfth. That's when the round of sixty four gets announced. Okay, is that is that night? Right. Okay, twelfth. And so probably if we plan to do it like that Monday or Tuesday, the thirteenth or fourteenth. Yeah, maybe we can release it on that Wednesday, the fifteenth. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, so we may have a quick hitter coming for you guys next week. That'll be fun. Yeah, because then the tournament um, starts that Thursday, the sixteenth. Yeah, so. cool. That works perfect. All right, so be on the lookout maybe for that as well. That. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's shift focus here a little bit. You know what time it is. I always like how it just ends abruptly. Like it does end. Favorite part. I was like, I was like, I wonder it's if it's loud, like, and it, everyone's like, "Go!" Oh, and anybody listening to this in their car, the six of you that do, they're probably like, "Oh, what the hell!" Every time now, it's fantastic. I love it. Um, you heard the sound. It's another mock draft corner, mm-hmm. courtesy of Mister Merkso, Mike Merkel. Um, we talked last week, right? We talked a little bit, you know, pre combine. We're still kind of in that combine phase, and while you're pulling up that draft, Mike. Um, you know, I want to bring up. I want to. I want to highlight some Michiganders here for just a second. Okay. Could DJ Turner and Mike Morris have had two more opposite combine experiences of their lives? DJ Turner runs a four two seven. Everyone's like, "Holy crap, this dude's fast!" And then Mike Morris didn't know how to backpedal. So, um, worst day ever for Mike Morris in some ways, and also some of the best day ever for DJ Turner. My goodness, um, was a rough was a rough go. Ronnie yeah, Bell didn't run all that great either so no, he not run no did you know i don't know so i know you didn't watch a ton of the combine but i was watching yesterday um there's a lot of not fast receivers out there yes. this year like, i was i was waiting holy for the john crap. rosses out there to be like oh there's your four three guys yeah. out there there's a couple sprinkled in there but like jordan addison four five yeah. i think he ran a four four nine i'm sorry yeah but and then i see multiple corners and a linebacker Running four three seven and 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 DJ run a four two, Christian Gonzalez, which we're going to talk about because he had himself a day. He runs a four three. I got all these corners that are going to be like, I don't, I can play press man all day long because I'm uh, <laughs> lock your four seven you. ass up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also, do you find it as humorous as I do when people do that? I was watching the the combine with my girlfriend and somebody ran like a four seven. She's like, so slow. <laughs> Is that not the funniest thing? Because you're like, four eight. he is not a player that fits my team's needs. You know what I mean? And they're like, they're just hauling ass, yeah. you know? You're just like, what are you, what's yeah. your 40? Uh, seven. Yeah, no, it's so funny. It's like it's like this guy who's like six foot six, 350 pounds, runs four nine, and yeah. we're like, slow shit. Yeah, such a slow ass. Like, I don't want to. What's he going to do? How is he going to be able to chase down a running back 40 yards away? <laughs> Figure it out, guy. It's so funny. I love that. I love it's just like, yeah. ooh, he didn't run the 40 time that I was expecting he would run. Me. Me. Meanwhile, if someone could get me another pudding cup, I would be greatly appreciated. So I always love that stuff. But yeah. all right, we got another mock draft corner, Mike. Yes, we do. Who's this from? All right, so we got one. Lucky for you, Rob. Yep. No uh, trades? No, well, we there are trades? trades. Oh, boy. Well, so I wasn't going to do one with trades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then this one updated. Uh, 14 minutes ago. Sweet, sweet. CBS Man, Sports see, that's Josh what we Edwards. do. This is why Mike's got his own intro music now because of the, of the, yeah. of the hard work he's putting yeah. in. Yeah, so I, I saw this one update as I refreshed the page to find one. Nice. And so we're going to do this one because it's absolutely brand new. Good there show. are trades. Sorry, Rob, that there are not 
involving your Detroit Lions? Compensation. Oh, yeah, that's okay. It's impossible to predict, so I actually yeah. don't mind that all that much, quite frankly. Actually, so, so I guess some of these trades maybe do. <laughs> like this, this, one, first, this one I'll so, take a stab so, at. This one I won't. So, so this, the, the first one that there is a trade, obviously, yeah. for number one, yeah. and it's like giving some compensation for it, yeah. but that's, this one later down I don't think does. <laughs> so I, they're very picky and choosy. So take that and just minus some stuff. Yeah, but so I will just say there are <laughs> trades. If there's okay. compensation, I'll try to say it for you. If not, just know all that right. there is a trade. Yeah, it's all game. And we could just make up whatever compensation. <laughs> like seven first-round picks for Lions to drop down two spots. Yeah, exactly. Sounds about right, yeah, you know? exactly. Okay? Listen, so, listen. It's Madden. All right? Figure it out. Yeah, okay. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Anyway, all right. So okay. Pick number Number one. All so, right. Chicago on the clock. And then immediately goes, hard pass. Yeah, hard pass, <laughs> trades down. So, give me who trades up with them Colts. and who they pick. Colts. Correct. Yes. They give up. Let's see. Oh, yeah. So, this one has compensation. Okay, this one does? Okay. Yes. So, this so, one, they're going to go, they're going to give up, obviously, number four overall. Yes. They're going to give up their second rounder. Okay. Next year's first. Okay. And a fourth. Fourth this year? Fourth next year. You're close. Am I really? Yeah. Good for me. So Let me they, go. They gave up number four. Okay. 36 overall, which is the second. The second. Yep. Number 80 overall, which okay. is probably a, a late third yeah, or fourth, third. maybe. It's a, yeah, it would be a third because let's see, 64. Yeah, it'd be a third. Yeah, rider. probably yep. a third. 2024 first and 2024 yeah. second. Ah, uh, wow, that's a lot. So that's a lot know. to go up. I don't know if that would be the actual I'm giving you a first, second, third, first, second. Yeah. Yikes. That's a lot to move up four spots, but that's what it says it gives up. So Indianapolis technically now would be on the clock, yeah. and they take. They're taking Bryce Young. You would be correct. Yeah. As he. So I, I, I'm. this is why I kind of want to bring the combine in here because we now have some more information about some of these guys. Bryce Young measures at 5'10 and 3'19ths or whatever the hell it was, right? And he's 100 and shamamani pounds. I don't know. But does it concern you at all? If if you're one of those teams that's looking for a quarterback, Mm -hmm. you've seen the tape, all the success in the world, does it concern you at all the size? Because he would technically be the smallest quarterback to go in the first round, I think, right? It would concern me like... It would like make me like take like a slight double look, yeah, but not that much of a double right. look. Like if he was, and I guess it really depends on how highly you rank him comparatively to like a CJ Stroud. Right. If like if Bryce Young to you is like Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. like ability, right. he's just small. Yeah, you take like you take him for the talent. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there's a if like CJ Stroud to you if like you rank Bryce Young at like an A. And CJ Stroud's like A minus, yeah. But you like the size of CJ Stroud more, yeah. I think that could be something that could deter you away, yeah. But and, and, I think I think Bryce Young's good enough, better yeah. than everyone else, yeah. to where the size wouldn't necessarily mind me. Yeah. I would say though, getting squished by a three hundred and fifty pound guy would scare me, so like a little bit. And I have, I guess, I have a, a follow up with this, right? Because I don't necessarily the size thing. It's not, it's one of those it's so subjective when it comes to like okay well how is that going to impact him right you know what I mean like if you can't if you don't have clerical proof that like he can't see yeah like he can't see the guys and when I hear people like Daniel Jeremiah who are kind of just pulling stuff right out of thin air it's like I don't necessarily know if he could see every time he threw the ball and I go that can't be something that yeah. you're honestly telling me well because like we've seen like, I know Drew Brees did it yeah but. like Drew Brees and Kyler Murray yeah. are both quite small people right yeah comparatively guys, to the NFL yep. but it's like they they make it work right like I, I bet yeah. Bryce Young would find a way yeah. to make it work 
Uh, last question on this, and this is kind of a, a philosophy thing in general. Do you, you're not as big a combine guy, so maybe this doesn't affect you as much, but I do think it's worth asking. Does it annoy you as much outside of an injury, okay? Mm-hmm. If you're invited to the combine, you don't participate. Like, Bryce Young is not hurt. Mm-hmm. Throw the damn ball. I don't even care. Listen, don't do the 40. Don't jump. Don't do whatever. Fine. I don't care about any of that yeah. stuff for quarterback. Throw the ball. It's Throw the so, damn ball. So some positions doesn't bother me as others. Yeah. If you're like a defensive back yeah. and you have to do a whole bunch of cutting and route and, yeah. like, right. and stuff like that, yeah. I would be like, maybe you don't want to do it because if you like tear your MCL cutting yeah. on a combine, that would be stupid. Um, the thing with like quarterbacks is what injury are you going to get throwing on air? Like, there's well, no, like, injury risk for me. And the other now, th- I will say, now, if you decide not to throw at your pro day, yeah, I think that's a bigger red flag. Well, well yeah. But for me, it's here's here's my rationale, right? Okay, you're going to throw at your pro day. Yeah, I'm going to have my guys, right? We're going to have the yes. timing. But how many times has it been said, on air even, and the NFL doesn't do anything, right? Mm. But they do this well. They, they go and they said, look, it's not about the completion. Yeah. It's never been about the completion. It's, okay, you're going to throw a corner. Okay, throw it to a spot. There's yeah. a cone. Throw it to the cone. Yeah. If the receiver's not there, that's on them. Yeah. Throw it to the cone. You honestly think that scouts are going to be like, he only competed four passes at the NFL Combine. Mm-hmm. Unreal. And then you go back and watch his workout, and you go, yeah, they're all on the money. He just doesn't have receivers that are yeah. used to his timing. It's, I just find it so irritating, especially at the quarterback position where it's like, look, dude, go out there and compete. It's mm-hmm. it's step in there in a foreign environment and see how you lead. See how you react yeah. in this in those moments, right? Like Anthony Richardson went out and threw the ball knowing everyone's going to be like, he can't hit the broadside of a barn at times. Mm-hmm. But he went out there and did it because mm-hmm. he knew I'm going to test well physically. I now have to show that I have the arm talent. Yeah. Right. And also, yeah, I guess, I guess. Also, kind of for yeah. me, depends on who you are. Because if it was like I said, like someone like a Trevor Lawrence, yeah, I would go. Like the tape just shows how awesome. Like yeah. he doesn't really need to throw out a combine, but he did. But he did. Yeah. But like, if he didn't, I wouldn't be like, oh my god, I don't know if I'd take him no, number no, no, one no, now. No, and it's not even that for me. I just think it's more of a preference. Like if I'm if I'm a coach or if I'm a GM, and I yeah. know even Dan Campbell came out there, right? And we're gonna talk more lines in a second. Like he's like, look, I don't need to see them run around in shorts to you know, yeah. evaluate them. It's more about getting the interview time with these guys face to face, and. And, and I, all that I understand, mm-hmm. but I think it's a competitor. And as somebody like, look, you're the best, right? If you're, if yeah. you're the quote unquote best prospect in the, in the class or in, in your position, even go out there and, and do it. Like mm-hmm. it irritated me when Stafford didn't throw at the combine back in the day. Well, I'm going to throw my pro day mother just throw. Will you throw please? Yeah. I get it. I, and I understand you want to make it perfect. You want to have that day where you're just, it's 12 for 12, Blah, blah, blah. Everything looks amazing. I understand it. But teams are not going to be so obtuse mm-hmm. to your performance based on completion or anything else. They're going to be looking at your footwork. They're going to look at how the ball comes out of your hands. They're going to look at your mechanics. That stuff you can't change in a month. So why not throw? I just think it's one of those things, well, he's here, but he's not really here. Well, then I don't want to talk about him because you're not, perform- you're not, you're not performing. Yeah, you know? it, it drives it, me nuts. It doesn't bother me nearly yeah. as much as you, apparently. Yeah, it irritates me a little bit. But anyway, let's continue. Bryce Young, number one pick. Yeah. Not shocking by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, can he see over his lineman? Not really, Who but knows? he's going to say, screw it. Michael Pittman's down there somewhere? Question. <laughs> yeah. Number two. Yeah. Oh, Houston will keep their pick. Will Anderson. No. Okay. 
glad that this didn't actually go that way then. So Jalen Carter? No. Houston? Oh, I'm sorry. Houston. Apologies. Apologies. Sorry. Thought we were talking about Chicago still. I was in that mind. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, they're taking uh, Bryce Young. Or I mean, uh, son Sharp. of a mother of Lord. I'm, I'm all upset now because CJ, or because Numb Nuts didn't throw at the combine. Mm-hmm. So I'm upset now. Yes. CJ Stroud is going to be a Houston Texan, that poor bastard. Yes. Okay. Yes. Got it. Whew. Here we go. Yeah, right. you were saying oh, defensive. I was like, oh, God. I was like, sorry. 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 Okay. Sorry. Cool. Yes. Yes. All okay. right. So number three, Arizona keeps their pick. They Arizona. Do. Okay. They're going to take Will Anderson. Nope. Damn it. All right, cool. So they're taking Jalen Carter? Yeah, they will take Okay, now we got to talk about this because that's the other thing coming out, right? So Jalen Carter goes to the combine. He's like, man, I'm having the best year of my life. Uh-huh. National champion, going to be a top five pick. I am the best interior defensive lineman by far. No one can touch this smoke. And then somebody was like, by the way, mm-hmm. by the way, um, yeah, you need to go back to Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> because you're getting uh, officially charged in drag racing and some other things. All misdemeanors, so no jail time is projected as of this moment. So you need to go back and get booked and then immediately bailed out, and then every NFL team is going to be like, what the hell? And so and the obviously the drag racing led to the death of a teammate and a cheerleader or a boost or something like that. Anyway, point being is that lives were lost, and that's not a good thing. Anyway. What does this do for your evaluation of Jalen Carter? Mm. Because there's going to be certain teams that are going to go, nope, he lied about it, number one, because he didn't bring it up. He had interviews with the team, with teams, before he before all the news came out and that he was officially getting charged, didn't bring it up. Obviously, why would you? Like, oh, hey, yeah. by the way, I may or may not be getting indicted. That's not good. Yeah. Um, but what does it do for your evaluation, does it make him drop a ton? Do you think if he falls to the Lions at six, you still want the Lions just to say, nope, don't care, next, my guy, we're the villain, right? Everyone thinks that we're playing the villain card that's, now with the wild. with the Brad Holmes I, that's hoodie. To me. So well, I we could have we could have had a whole topic on that. I think that's a wild. Yeah, to, and we, yeah. To, well, I mean, let's to, talk about to it. Dive I mean, into the villain thing. Yeah. Well, I here's the thing. It's like it's something that they're it's their stuff for yeah. their personnel grouping. It's got nothing to do with. Yeah. Across the league it has nothing to do with it. I know. And if nobody, if he would have just had his zip up, mm-hmm. nobody would notice or be talking about it. I think it's yeah. It's it's the NFL media is like, all right, we got two weeks till free agency. We've only got so many things to talk about, and we can't talk about Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets anymore because nobody cares, yeah. right? Like, so it's it's one of those yeah. trying to make something out of nothing. I feel uh-huh. like, but anyway. Um, but if you are the Lions at six, say he falls into your lap because, okay, Arizona's like, okay, I'm going to take Will Anderson. And then the uh, Bears are like, ah, we, you know, we're just starting our rebuild. Maybe we just, you know, we punt. We take a uh, uh, lineman, whatever. I don't fucking know, right? Five is Seattle. Seattle goes quarterback, yeah. let's just say. Yeah. Geno Smith ain't coming back. Or he's just like, listen, I'm Geno Smith. I'm better than you. <laughs> <laughs> and then six comes in and Jalen Carter's staring you in the face. Yeah. Are you pulling that trigger? Absolutely. Okay. And I, I don't even think twice about it. That's probably the fastest card run up next to the one that they almost got in trouble for a couple years ago. They got in trouble last year for Aiden too. Yeah. They were just like, okay, done. Click. Yeah. Like, like maybe like sit there and go like have a minor heart attack. Yeah. And then you take him. Yeah. So you just don't get yelled and at. And then you after. see, and you see Brad Holmes, you know, Doing the giddy up dance, Giddy's doing the bull dance, slamming the table yep. or whatever, doing you know. some woos, yeah. throwing Sheila Ford Hamp through a wall because he's so excited. <laughs> so you, so you're fine with it. Yeah, you, I'm fine with it as long as there's no jail time or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, 
I think the hardest thing to look past is that he lied about it. But that's even... and, and that's the thing. And they're and they're so heavy on the culture, mm-hmm. right? And they've brought it up now about I don't know forty eight thousand times now because mm-hmm. they keep telling it every every interview they've done. Right? It's culture, culture. We're trying to find guys that fit us. We're trying to find guys. You know, it may not be the quote unquote. Bet. It's the guy that fits us, yeah. right? And what we want, all that jazz. You're still good with it. You're still, uh, yeah, you're still, still fine with him. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm having a difficult time now. Let me ask you this: Do they, if, if that's the scenario, he's there at six? Can't you? You're not getting the calls for the yeah, trade up I, yeah, because the quarterback's know. gone. Do they take him? Yeah, I mean, I would assume they take him, but like, I don't I mean, know. They're the villain, so they are the villain, so they got to embrace. Being Marty Skrull's like. What? <laughs> Sit down. Sit down. You did worse things. Stay over there. Uh, <laughs> Tried to step in on an American promotion. No. no. He's square go, with square go, away. <laughs> go back to Britain. Yeah, whatever. go back to Puerto Rico. Oh, um, God. Yeah, I, I, I would assume they pulled the trigger. But, again, they're very particular on, like, their board. Mm-hmm. And they will take whoever's high on their board. Mm-hmm. So, I don't even know if Jalen Carter is, like, a type of oh, guy I guess, that's I guess, a player Oh, I guarantee them. you he's on their board. There's no way. Yeah. Like, Look, they had Panay circled for months, and yeah. everyone was like, well, Panay hasn't played football in a year. I'm like, I don't care. He's the, definitely the guy for us, yeah. right? Like, so I just – I am – I'm kind of torn in the sense of because they're so culture, you know, and, and I do think they've done a phenomenal job of really pulling a complete 180, right, of figuring out what the hell this team is going to be and what they represent. But to then go, okay, now we're going to take this guy who's got some baggage, it's one of those situations where I go, can you – can you honestly look at it and go, okay, maybe this is the time, right? Like maybe this is, you know, where we can take that risk. Our culture is strong enough. Mm-hmm. The building and the people we have on this team are strong enough guys character-wise to say, yep, we can bring this cat in, right? And he's going to fit what we want, right? He's going to be the kind of guy that we want him to be, and he's going to be successful both on and off the field, yeah. right? Because you know what team takes this guy? The Baltimore Ravens. Because they because he falls to them at twenty three or whatever the hell their pick is, and they take him and he's an all pro because they go, Our culture is strong enough. Our foundation is strong enough mm-hmm. to say, Oh, we can fix him. Like yeah. Cincinnati, how many players did they get that were like really good players that had some issues? Mm-hmm. Shit. Tyree Kill. Andy Reid's like, I believe in our culture enough. I can take a guy who's had a lot worse off field problems than what Jalen Carter's got mm-hmm. and take him and make him a superstar. Yeah. That's really the the crux of it for me. So it'll be very interesting. I don't even know if he falls there, but I do think it's a question that's yeah, I, gonna I, need to be had. I, I doubt he falls there, but if he does, well, here's the thing, right? Arizona's tough because Arizona is a is a is a situation where it's like you got a new GM, mm-hmm. you got a head coach that no one's excited about. I, I, like, so here's <laughs> the thing: is I would tell you because I would assume yeah, Will yeah. Anderson's going to be a Chicago Bear at one point or another, depending on where what happens or yeah. whatever. If Jalen Carter go, is dropping to Seattle, Seattle snatches him. Yeah, I, I just like I just tell you that. I like, agree. I don't think they're looking at quarterback, even though they say they are. Yeah, like they're gonna re-sign Geno Smith and just keep him around for a few years at least. Yeah. So like they're snatching Jalen Carter up before yeah. us, if, right? If that was the case, right? So it's an interesting thought, right? You never know. So okay, so in this case, Jalen Carter's going three, three to, to Arizona. Arizona. Chicago was like, yes, yeah, best Chicago day ever. Like four, yep. they're getting Willie Anderson, absolutely. Number five, Seattle. This is where stuff gets. This is where stuff could get interesting. I'm going to say it's the Tyree Wilson. Is that his name, right? Yes. Yeah. And you were correct. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
you know, he's probably, if you're looking at, because technically, technically, Willie Anderson's an outside linebacker, technically. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tyler Wilson's like an edge. He's probably the rated the best edge guy. You know, I think the Lions are going to be in on him as well, depending. Um, mm-hmm. I think I like him better than Miles Murphy, personally. Uh, how do you, I don't know how you feel about each guy. You know, my dad is so not on the Tiger Wilson. He's like, he looks slow. And I go, I don't really know if he looks slow. I think there's just times he's asked to set an edge and not necessarily bull rush the quarterback. And he's yeah. just controlling his gap, waiting for something. So I don't know how much of that, you know. Um, but I, this is where six is really difficult, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, so number not, six. And we're not trading out? I don't know. Oh. We are trading. Okay. okay. We do trade out. Okay. So who trades up to six? Okay, let's see. Will Levis is still there. Anthony Richardson's still there. I'm going to say Carolina. You would be correct. Yeah. Now, now, when I said earlier that some of these don't have. This I didn't one, write this article, by the way. Yeah, this one does not have. <laughs> the compensation. Like, compensation or anything. They so, say trades So up. what's Carolina at nine right now? Yeah. Right? So here's the thing. And I don't know how you feel about this, so I guess I'll pose this question to you too. But I am not of the thought that like they need to get a crap ton back to move back a couple spots. No, I don't because agree. I think at this at six it sucks. If they were fifth, and that one of those guys has a potential chance to fall to us, whether it's Carter or Anderson, I think that's a lot more to ask. Six, there's almost no chance those guys are going to be there. So it's like, okay, we've got our pick of the litter at corner. Yeah, most the, pass rushers. The only, the only argument I would make for to get a decent load, yeah. is if you're under the Raiders. Yeah, you you could be like, we're gonna well, Raiders like, are yeah yeah right. like Raiders are taking your quarterback right. So like you right. have to jump. The Raiders, right. so you have to get to us. Right. So that's why we're going to ask a decent amount because you're going to be really willing to go up above the Raiders to take your quarterback. Right. So that's the only way you get a decent And I'm also in the camp of I'd rather get more next year than I would this year. Yeah. If I can somehow finagle a first-round pick out of somebody next year, mm-hmm. so let's just say the so let's say Carolina calls and goes, hey, we'll give you our first next year and a third this year. Done. Sold. Obviously in six. But, like, if, if, if I can get picks next year mm-hmm. – I would rather have that than more picks this year. You've already got five picks in the top 75. How many more do you need? Yeah. Next year, if you have another two first, right, you can you really have your pick of the litter of, I can move up, down, whatever I want to do. If I want to get a quarterback, I can, right, and, and I can make that happen. So mm-hmm. um, they trade down. Okay, so they're trading up to six. I'm going to assume they take, I'm going to say Anthony Richardson. They do not. Ah, Will Levis. They take the other guy, okay. Will Levis. Okay. They really like Will Levis. Apparently. Number seven. Until they take a guard and everyone goes, what? Number seven, the Vegas Raiders. They take Anthony Richardson. They do take Anthony Richardson, so he goes number seven. Thoughts on the Lions talking to Anthony Richardson at the Combine? Did it immediately go, oh, my God, we're taking Anthony Richardson at six? It did not actually. Oh, okay, so you're a normal human being? Got it. Okay, cool. Because they also did talk to 50 other guys. I don't think they're going to take all 50 of them. I think they talked to, yeah, they talked to a bunch. I think they talked to Stroud, too, I think. I'm not 100%. Either way, who cares? They talked to a bunch of guys. Number eight. And if they take Anthony Richardson? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That'd be wild. You know what I mean? Number eight. Atlanta Falcons stay and pick. Oh, God. I have no idea. I'm going to say Miles Murphy or corner. Uh, Maybe Devin Witherspoon. They take Miles Murphy. Miles Murphy. Okay. Yeah. I I don't know what Atlanta is. Yeah. They took Drake London. K. Do they need a quarterback? Maybe do they like Ritter enough? You know what I mean? It's like I don't know what the hell they got going. I like it's hard for me to be an Atlanta Falcons fan and be like, oh, they got this, this, and that. outside of Kyle Pitts, what do you got? Mm-hmm. AJ Terrell, I guess. 
You know, he's pretty good. They have, like, good pieces somewhere. Yeah, it's just nothing that stands out to me where I immediately go, oh, okay, they're about to make a run. In a crappy NFC South. South, thank you. I almost said West. Yeah. All right, so number nine. Lions traded down from six, good to nine. They're taking Christian Gonzalez. Yes, they are taking Christian Gonzalez. And here's the thing. I think, and this is where I think the combine for me, I went in thinking, okay, you got Witherspoon, you got Gonzalez, you have uh, Joey Porter, you've got Cam Smith, and you've got Keely Ringo, right? There's a good chunk of corners there that are, you can kind of parse them out however you want. I think Gonzalez, for me, the size and now the speed really put him over, I think, as my number one corner in this class. Okay. That's that's what it did for me. Now, I know Ringo ran a similar time. Um, I know Cam Smith ran a really good time as well. Um, but I think Gonzalez is probably going in my number two guy, probably behind Witherspoon. But as I mentioned previously, Big Ten corners are so hard to project. Yep. Gonzalez played in the Pac-12, a little more pass-happy conference as a whole, mm-hmm. and he's big. He's a big cat. Yep. Um I really think that, that that's a guy that they're going to probably hone in on early in the process. And if they don't, I won't be shocked if a guy like Keely Ringo, maybe not even at 18, but if he drops to the second round, they maybe try to grab him. I don't know because it's a name and he plays for Georgia, so sometimes that works. But his tape I don't think is as strong, but I think Keeley is a guy because of his size, his actual height and weight, I think fits the lines quite well as well. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 if they take Christian Gonzalez on a trade down, you're not going to hear me complain at all. Yeah. Number 10, uh, the Eagles from the Saints. Cool. They pick. Oh, boy. Just tell me what time you want me to just tell you who these teams pick. Yeah, just, yeah, we can keep Devin going. Witherspoon. There you go. To Philly, which would be wild. They yeah. just sir out that second. Well, period. I mean, you're losing James Bradbury, right? Uh, I think you're losing Devontae Maddox as well there. So you, you need some help in the secondary for yep. them. So it makes sense. Uh, Tennessee. Yep. Picking uh, Peter Skronsky, yep. which is, like, I feel like going to be keyed in for them at this point. Yep. Like, I think they're just going to take either him or the Ohio State dude. Yeah. Just pretty yep. much, like, set in stone. Yeah. Um, Houston at number 12 from the Cleveland Browns. Pick uh, Quinton Johnson, wide receiver out of TCU. Who's your, is he your number one receiver? Yeah. Is he? Is he, is he over Addison or Zay Jones or any of those other guys? Yeah, okay. or or Jackson Smith or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's definitely number one. Jackson me. Smith and Jigba is going to be that guy where it's either he was like the steal of the draft yeah. or everybody went, never yeah, looked never. right after that injury. Yeah. It's one of those two for me. Number 13, the Jets take Brian Branch, safety out of Alabama. Oh, uh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. New England Patriots at 14 take Paris Johnson, Ohio State offensive tackle. Sure. <laughs> Green Bay takes Dalton Kincaid tight end out of Utah. Okay. So Daniel Jeremiah goes on this damn NFL Network show, right? And he's like, this is one of the best tight end classes in the last 10 years, right? There's like four or five guys he's like that are like going to be like legit starters, right? Yeah. And I go, yeah, and you know what? None of them should go in round one. Yeah. Not a single one. When's the last first round tight end? OJ Howard was the best prospect in the entire draft class that year. On his third team. Mm-hmm. TJ Hawkinson, can't miss prospect. I beg to differ. Yeah. Good player. At times, even great player. Mm-hmm. Not worth first round pick. I'm sorry. Tight end is slowly becoming, unless you are Travis Kelsey mm-hmm. or Darren Waller, who runs a 4 2 or whatever. Or Kittle. Or Kittle. But even Kittle took time. Yeah. You have to be the second coming yeah. to warn a first round pick at tight end anymore. Because you there's so many more misses. I can get Mike Gesicki in the fourth. You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't... Whatever. Continue. Uh, Lions take a tight end in the first two rounds. I'm going to be pissed. That's my point here. 
Washington takes uh, Joey Porter Jr. corner out of Penn State. They're just taking 16. all the Penn State guys. Jahan Dotson last year, Joey Porter this year. That's what they like. They like those Penn State guys. Yeah. And then George, or sorry, Pittsburgh at 17 pick takes uh, Broderick Jones, offensive tackle out of Georgia. Sure. Because I know who that is. Yeah. Okay. So, lines at 18. You know who's gone. You know who's available. Who do lines pick 18? Uh, the linebacker out of Clemson? Mm-mm. Damn. Nope. Oh. Unfortunate. I would really like him. What's his name? I don't know his name, but um, I'd have to find him. Yeah, I don't know. I don't about. even know he's on this list. I don't know if he's if he's taking the first round. Be... Trenton Simpson. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah. He gets taken it to Dallas at twenty six. Yeah. That's... Which is not shocking at all, no. but like should not be yeah. right there. Yeah. Trenton Simpson. He's the guy who ran four three mm, at okay. the combine. So okay. yeah, he's yeah. gonna his his, his stock, stock is gonna rise, rise quite okay, a bit. Cool. Okay. Um, B. John Robinson. Yep. They're He's, not taking a running back. I'm sorry. They're not doing it. They're not doing it. And if they do, I'm going to come on the show and I'm going to be like, I don't hate it, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly how I'll do too, honestly. But here's the thing, though. It's really good. And I think this pick is heavily dependent upon Jamal Williams. And here's why. Mm-hmm. If they're going to pay Jamal Williams three and a half, four million dollars to come back, you can't have that with Swift and then have a first round pick at three million dollars all invested in the running back spot. Can't do it. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Running back position, it's so deep. Uh-huh. I just don't see why they would take Bijan here. Everyone's yeah. like, oh, they need help. They need help. They need help. The run game the last half of the year turned to shit, and they had the top five offense in the league. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, was- I will say, like, if you looked at the Lions team and said, you know, what do you need offensively? Yeah. It really is like. You know what I want instead? Back. The guard. Yeah. Give me the guard yeah, from but now, Florida. I don't know about a first-round guard, though. Give me the guard from Florida. I would rather take that because then at least that helps Jared Goff. Succeed. Yeah, Done. And I get the... Listen, Bijan may be a top five overall prospect in this draft, but the position is becoming not useful anymore. Mm-hmm. You're going to see a trend. You take a guy, right? Franchise tag him. Hope to God that he just doesn't die out there, and then you let him walk. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. They're going to franchise tag Josh Jacobs. Tony Pollard's going to get franchise tag because they're too proud to say Zeke Kelly can't run anymore. And they're going to franchise tag Saquon Barkley. You know why? Because it only cost them $10 million. Mm-hmm. And they'd rather do that on a fully guaranteed contract than pay these guys for another four years. Mm-hmm. All those guys will be hitting free agency next year because they don't want to pay them. Yeah. All right, and that is the mock draft because that's only a first-round mock draft. That's only a first, okay. And I don't care about the rest. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Christian Gonzalez, though, I think is the big thing for me. Kind of came out and was like, yeah, I could see that. I like, I the, really I like that. the physique of Lucas Van Ness also. Yeah, he's I don't. The, he's you know. the Iowa dude who's like super ripped and everything. Yeah, but here's the problem with Van Ness, though. He didn't start. No, I know. That's, that's a weird thing. I for literally me. just saw yeah. a picture of him and went, oh, he looks jacked as shit. And that's literally <laughs> all I got on him. I was like, I don't think he's, I don't yeah. know if he's going to be good or not. I Go watch Trenton his. Simpson's workout. He had a phenomenal day. Um, he he was definitely a big winner. Yeah, he is he is second in the linebacking rankings, apparently, according who's to CBS. Behind who? Who's the, is the guy from Arkansas, number one? Okay, hold on. Did you leave it? <laughs> I did. I don't know if it if it tells me who. Oh wait, uh, Will Anderson's technically a linebacker. Oh, okay. So. Yes, that's oh, true. That's I did say that one. earlier. Good point. Okay. All right. Yeah, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I think it's just two sexy picks that people would get really excited about. But I don't necessarily know if it addresses their quote unquote needs. Yes. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. But, All right. You know, wouldn't matter. All right. Let's shift to something a little more fun here, and that's something that's going to piss me off a little bit less than taking a running back. Oh, I thought you, I thought you were going to say more, and no. I was like, I was no, like, no, no, I was no, like, no, like no, Rob. No, no, no. Um. No, so what? So Mike, being the great co-host that he is, notice a treat from notice a tweet from Sean Ross Sap, who mm-hmm. you know, plus or minus depending on who you are. Um, 
about a dream WrestleMania card mm-hmm. taking matches that have already happened on all the previous WrestleManias, all 38 of them, mm-hmm. and putting them on a card. Yes. And so Mike and I have decided to take that idea, but modify it slightly. So, Mike, do you want to run down the, yes. the qualifications for each match yeah. here? So we have so we have made a list of all of these matches. We both, um, we both have our own list, We, we have our way. own list, so we're just going to be going down the yep. ranking of these lists. So on our list, we have two world title matches, yep. two so, women's matches, yep. two women's, women's world championship title championship matches, matches, right? a celebrity match, yep. a tag team title match, yep. two mid-card matches, yep. two um, mid-card championships, championship which matches. includes the Intercontinental, the United States, European, European. Cruiserweight, any other mid-card championship you can think of that you want to throw in there, you can. Yes. One miscellaneous match. Yep. So it can be literally any match you can think of, yep. basically. Yep. And then we added a special that we're not technically counting, yep. um, Undertaker match, because he has like 500 of them. Yeah. So, and yeah. I think it's important. It's really, you know, WrestleMania and the Undertaker. It's, yes. You know, it's peanut butter jelly. Now, the rules of this, so the criteria for these, yep. is you can only use each wrestler one time. Right. In these matches. Outside of the Undertaker Outside of the Undertaker match, because we're just kind of adding that as a plus bonus. Yeah. So, for instance, if you had um, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar from WrestleMania 38 for one of your world title matches, then you can't use either... Well, first off, shame on you. Shame on you. But (laughs) you wouldn't be able to use Roman Reigns or Brock Brock Lesnar for any any of the criteria matches. So you have to find someone new. So that's where... where, we made it a little yeah. more difficult because I think the original post was like, you can just use anybody and just watch yeah. your match. And I was like, oh, I have it. And, and I was like, this is going to be the easiest list ever because you're just going <laughs> to list the best matches ever. But if you can only use each person once, you can only use Bret Hart once, yep. only Austin once. Right. You can the only Rock, use John the Rock Cena. One. Right. Only one match, and you have to fill nine matches. So yep. we thought it would be fun. We made our list. Okay. Uh, I think we're going to we, – so we're going to start with our taker attraction match. Okay, sounds good. Because this is not counting towards – Yes. The wrestler um, counts. The rest of uh, the wrestler that counts. Yep. So, what is your Undertaker attraction match? So, I was torn with a couple of different ones, right? Okay. You know, I was thinking, maybe I can be off the beaten path a little bit. And then I was like, no. And I went with this match in particular because it was the first time I actively thought the streak was going to end. Where okay. it actively got me as a person who understands the industry and understands that Undertaker doesn't lose at Mania. Mm-hmm. It was the first time where I went... Oh, they got me. And that's Taker versus Triple H, Hell in a Cell. Shawn Michaels, special guest referee, that's the match that I decided to pick. Because, like, he's got a lot of good ones. You could do the Kane one, one or two, mm-hmm. right? You could have done any of the Shawn ones, which I think is probably what's coming out of your mouth here in a second. You know, even him against CM Punk was good. Him against AJ. I just think that was the one for me where I went super kick into a pedigree mm-hmm. in Hell in a Cell, and I went, they're going to give it to Triple H of all people. And that's because like two moves that no one ever kicks out of anymore. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then he kicks out and you're like, whoo. Plus it was the last time that those three guys were going to be in that spot like that ever Mm -hmm. again. Really? Um, So it was a big moment. So I'm going to say that one. Yeah. My, my uh, specialty taker match is uh, Shawn Michaels taker, specifically the 25 one. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Really 25 or 26. I think they're both equally really, really good. Yeah. I think 26, the only thing that kind of bogs it down slightly is the career yes. streak aspect. Right. It kind of felt like like Taker wasn't 
Like, it felt like Sean was, like, could be done. Right. And Taker was still got a lot left. So mm-hmm. I was like, there's a lot more story to tell with Taker's streak than right. Michael's career. Right. So I felt like it was leaning more towards that. Like, yeah. with, Sh- with Sean and Taker the first time, it's just the streak. Right. And it's just Michael's just wants to right. be the one yeah. to do it. He's Mr. WrestleMania. He's Mr. WrestleMania. Right. Doing this would, like, make him the ultimate, like, right. legend yep. at WrestleMania. And so you really didn't know. Because if, he, if Michael's loses like he did... It's like, okay, you just lost the match. But if you win, there's so much more. So, like, yeah. you really didn't know yeah. which way you wanted to go with <laughs> Excuse it. Excuse me. I'm dying over here. No, no, that's a great pick, right? The story, it works. And I think it was, honestly, I think they went out with a little something to prove. Mm-hmm. Where they went, look, yeah, we may not be, you know, 1996 Undertaker, 1996 Shawn Michaels. But, damn it, tonight we are, right? And yep. tonight is the night we're going to go out and every trick in the book we can we're going to tell a story mm-hmm. and then we're going to go tell Triple H and Yorton to follow that and when you, which they could not so you're like okay yeah. well i guess <laughs> <laughs> yep yeah okay what's next all right so first up we are going to hit the let's do uh mid cards okay mid cards first let's do mid cards okay let's kind of go from like what would be normally the match order for yeah, okay. mania so we'll end with like the the women's and men's world titles that's fine we'll kind of yeah, just hit all the other ones in there okay all right so two mid cards i'll start with my first mid card yep i have Ricky Steamboat, Randy Savage, WrestleMania three. That's what I have too. Okay. That's one of mine. Yeah. That was that was one where when I was thinking of the criteria for the list, I probably was not going to find another Ricky Steamboat or Randy Savage match that I really wanted to put on here. Yeah. So I thought great match, great Intercontinental title match. Yeah. And I was like, I could just put this on here, knowing that I probably wouldn't use either one of these again people again. So it was like an easy like great match. I was torn. I was torn on this a little bit because I was thinking maybe potentially putting Savage versus Hogan from WrestleMania five in my world title slot. Mm-hmm. But I think this match is remembered more fondly as well. Yeah. It was really the first really big Intercontinental title match where you went, "Holy crap, that was a masterpiece on every level, really story, everything." Um, yeah, this was phenomenal. Uh, yes, great match. This was a tie between this and I also. I'll let you go say your other one. And okay, so I, my I had other... an alternate on here in my mind that I was thinking about putting on there, okay. but other mid card match. Is is a recent mid card match that <laughs> okay? I think if you put the Miz on here, I'm going to super kick you right now. The Miz is on. Oh here. my god! But, I'm super kick. So you. this is a match where I think it's very underrated, and it just kind of happens out of nowhere. Can and I it's get, really good. Can I guess it? Yeah. Okay. Is it Miz versus Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor for it the Intercontinental title? Yeah, it I know is. you so well. <laughs> yeah, I I thought this match was awesome. That was a really good. And match. it opens the show. Yep. It's like a 16 minute banger right off the show, mm-hmm. and it's again. I tried for these mid cards and some of these where I was like three guys who I probably wouldn't use yep. for like world title, any other yep. kind of match. Like these are kind of outside of maybe Rollins, you could probably maybe find a better one. Yeah. But like this is probably Miz and Balor's like big moment at Mania was this match. Yeah. Outside, like Miz had the main event twenty seven, but it sucks. Right. So, um, so this is I put this here because I think they're three really good guys right. in the ring, put on a great match, and. Uh, uh, yeah, I, that was a lot of fun. No, I think that's a low key underrated one. It's an underrated one yep. where I can use other really good guys for higher ranking matches because none of these guys yep. outside of Rollins really does much at Mania. So right. yep. I thought it fits a lot so for sure. Um, uh, my other mid card was Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon, the Intercontinental Championship ladder match, first ladder match at WrestleMania. Second ladder match ever in wrestling in WWE history that was at least shown on television. Mm-hmm. Um, they did some house shows before that, and then Brett and Sean did one for a, a Coliseum home video a couple years before that. But this is the match that really puts Sean 
on the map as mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, he could he can kind of do everything, right? Um, stole the show at WrestleMania ten. Um, I I was I was hard pressed a little bit, right? There was a couple other ones that I wanted to put in here. One that was kind of like a off the beaten path a little bit for me was Chris Jericho versus Chris Benoit versus Kurt Angle for the Intercontinental and European titles. I thought that was a really solid match as well with three guys, but I wanted to keep it. Weirdly enough, I don't have Chris Jericho on my list. I don't at either. All. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. He's got a lot of good ones. But I, I'm like, I, I just was kind of just fit. running through the Rolodex of yeah. like manias from like 20 to now, and I was like, I don't think any of them kind of like really reach out to me yeah i honestly kind of reached on one of my world title ones just to get a specific specific guy on here okay honestly. but anyway we'll keep going yep um okay what was your other oh you had your other one okay. yeah i, I said yep. my other mid card yeah, yeah. you okay. got yours so those are our two mid cards yep let's go celeb next celebrity match yep. okay you want to go first or you want me to go first um i'll go first okay uh my celebrity match i think this is the first really big celebrity match where it was like okay, this guy's got to kind of carry it on his own with another guy, like a single celebrity match. Because we've seen Mr. T and Hogan, right, and that kind of stuff. And we uh-huh. even saw Mr. T versus Piper. I put Lawrence Taylor versus Bam Bam Bigelow from WrestleMania 11. Reason being, it's the first time that we saw, like, a celebrity go out there in a one-on-one main event. It main evented WrestleMania 11, and it was actually not all that bad. You know, mm-hmm. it was the first time I felt like a celebrity really took it serious, like super serious, LT coming off of, you know, the greatest, you know, defensive player ever, right? It's in New York. Just a lot of things work. And I think it kind of stands out as outside of that and Sean and Diesel for the title. Those are really only two redeemable matches on that card. So mm-hmm. uh, I put uh, Lawrence Taylor and Bam Bam. Okay. Um, the one match I wanted to put does not fit the criteria because I used the guy already. Because I was <laughs> going to put the Logan Paul tag match. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. I thought that match was awesome. Yeah. But I put The Miz yeah, right. in a previous one. Right. So... I went with a match from the same mania. Okay. Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn. Really? That's an interesting now, one. Now, I generally don't, like, super love this match yeah. in general. Mm-hmm. But I think in terms of, like, if you were to put out this card, mm-hmm. I think you always need that one, like, fun match. Mm-hmm. I think this match was a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think Sami Zayn does a great job of, with the comedic stuff. Yep. I think Johnny Knoxville does all the fun spots and everything. Yeah. Um, and I think it was received really well. You yeah. know, it wasn't like my necessary cup of tea. Right. I do think in terms of celebrity matches, it yeah. was, it was a nice let it was me a up. Nice let me yeah, up for sure. Show. And I thought it told a good story, right? Yeah. Made Shammy, made Sammy shine, you know, and I think that's really what propelled him to where he's at now. Honestly, exactly. is that match yeah. where you go, you have a big moment there, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I think it works for sure. Absolutely. Yep. All right. We will run into the tag team match. Now. Okay. Now I think there's only one. Really? Okay. That like I I can think of. Okay. Um, what do you got? I have Hardy's Dudley's Edge and Christian at WrestleMania 17. Same way I do too. Okay, just making sure. Yeah. Okay, like I yeah. was like TLC. I like yeah. I really think yeah. there's only one yeah. true really good tag team match. Yeah. I mean, there's probably okay. Let me rephrase. There's probably <laughs> other really good ones, but there's one that like stands out above the rest. Yeah. And outside of Edge. That's probably all five of theirs, like, best WrestleMania matches. Oh, yeah, also. absolutely. Yeah, no, no. Like, reason. Edge, you could probably argue some other stuff, that, but I can... Edge was a hard one for me. But, like, like I can live without Edge for, like, world title stuff and, yes. like, miscellaneous matches to put him in this one, to have this one on my card. Yes. So, that sure. that is my tag team, and also yours, but... Yep. 
yep. I no, thought, yeah. I thought this one was pretty easy to fill in. Yep, that was mine for sure. I don't really think there's any other one that you can put on there where you go. It highlights the tag titles, that division, in that moment, in that time. Yeah. It's a match that stands out still to this day on the best WrestleMania ever. Mm-hmm. It's There's so many layers to it. It's a beautiful, beautiful match. Yes. And just crazy. All right, uh, we will run into last part before we get to the main championship matches here. Yep. Our one miscellaneous match. Okay, me or you? Uh, you, you, because I did the. I technically did the tag, even though oh, we okay. had the same one. All right, my miscellaneous is Bret Hart versus Stone Cold WrestleMania 13. I don't think that's any shock to anybody. It's why Bret's not anywhere else on this show. It's why Stone Cold's not anywhere else on this show. A because you know I I put Rock when we started this I put Rock Austin. Mm-hmm. And then I went, nope, can't do that because Austin's got to be somewhere else. Yeah, Bret Hart, Stone Cold, WrestleMania 13. That whole show is not all that spectacular. Um, but that match still, I think, stands up to the test of time. It mm-hmm. literally is the jumping off point to Austin's rise to be the biggest star ever. Mm-hmm. It's also the first double turn we've seen like that in that level where both guys come out and you're like, damn, that was phenomenal. And it's the moment in my mind that kicks off the Attitude Era in so many ways. So mm-hmm. all those things considered, I think it's the greatest match ever, just mm-hmm. period, put a period on it because of the storytelling. There's violence to it, but there's a there's a method to the madness. Everything just works, mm-hmm. and everybody wins in that match, right? Stone Cold becomes the hottest thing ever. He doesn't quit. Brett gets the win, goes heel, has a phenomenal 1997. Just everything about it, you're just like, oh, chef's kiss. So that's what I got for that. What do you got? Yeah, my miscellaneous is an Undertaker match. Okay, interesting. And we went Undertaker, Triple H, WrestleMania 27. Ooh, okay. All right. And All right. I think the reason, so originally it was going to be the Sean one, but then yeah. I put Sean in a different spot that we'll right. talk about later. Okay. So uh, I, I chose this one mm-hmm. specifically over the 28 one because I love like the violence yeah. that Triple H brought out in this sure. one. Absolutely. And like it was like legitimately like, tri- like Undertaker like, passed out like yeah, he survived he, like yeah. survived and right. like legit it wasn't like storyline survived no. like he went to the back and yeah. like died in right. the back when right, he walked right. back there yeah. like he had to get carted off yep. generally because he couldn't like yep. walk down the aisle to get back to the back mm-hmm. like well and the, and the visual of triple h who lost the match on his two feet Leaves on his own. Leaves on his own, and then Undertaker, yeah. which leads to the twenty eight one, where Triple H yeah. like, "Dog, I beat you to death, basically, right. you, and you, you survived. survived." And then Taker now has to have the redemption. He's yeah, like, "No, exactly. I gotta kick your ass." But that match yeah. for like forty five minutes is just Triple H beating the shit out of Undertaker, yeah. and Undertaker for the first time really looked vulnerable at, at WrestleMania. Was like, "I have to find a way to survive this match." Yep. And it's yep. like one of those interesting story beats where you didn't see before, and outside of like Lesnar, which he didn't saw, you don't really see again. No, I guess maybe twenty eight. Well, not at the storytelling level, right? Yeah. Where you're, I think. I think we can both agree those four years. Oh my god, were, were just... like that was Undertaker's real last stand, mm-hmm. where it was like, listen, I'm gonna give you four more yeah. that are gonna be things that you're going to remember forever. Yeah. They're never going to be touched in that level. And once again, it goes back to the storytelling, right? The emotion, the actual, I don't know. I remember so vividly that raw where undertaker comes out, Mm -hmm. doesn't even get a word out triple H. And we haven't seen triple H in like a year, Mm -hmm. right? Like this is at the point where triple H is kind of retiring at this point. Yeah. Comes out. They don't say a word. Yeah. They just look at the sign, look at the sign, come back. And that was it. And And the crowd is losing their minds. I'm going ballistic at home because I'm like, oh, shit, we're going to get 
you know, a yeah. banger. Oh, so so good. That's a great yeah. pick. But and and I guess in a technicality form, twenty eight yeah. had special guest Shawn Michaels. Yeah. yeah so yeah. if you want to do technicality, I probably yeah, couldn't that's use why it I had up there. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, and, and the thing I actually think the twenty eight one is or the twenty seven. Yeah, twenty seven one is better. One. Like from an in ring. Yeah, standpoint. I, I do too. Like I think in general yeah. the match is better in twenty seven. Right. Twenty eight just has the moment of the kick out. Like yeah, twenty eight's got the I think it's got the you know you got the hell in the cell right. There's a little more Gaga to mm-hmm. it right. But with Sean in there, and I, I like I said, it was that moment for me where I went, oh my god, they're actually gonna do it. Mm-hmm. And that was the moment for me where I'm like, I'll never forget that. Yeah. You know, that and when he actually does lose, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so 27 is my miscellaneous yeah, match. Yeah, fantastic. All right. All right, so we will run into now our two women's world title matches. You want to go to the one we already have together, the yeah. same one first? <laughs> yeah. Do you have Bianca versus Sasha? I absolutely. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> I think it is the best women's world title match probably yeah. at me. I had a hard one between this and then the, um, with the Sasha... The three-way? Yeah, the three-way. At 32 yes. when they first got yes. the title. Yes. So I was going to put, like, I told, like, I put, so my first one I put down yeah. was Bianca Sasha. I was like, I'm just, this is right. going to be on there. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I got to think of the second one. And I remembered Charlotte and Becky. Yeah. And I forgot Sasha was in it. Yeah. So I put it down. I was like, it was a three-way, I think. Yeah. And then I looked up. I was like, oh, Sasha's in there. I can't yeah. put that one. Right. So then I had to go find another one. Yeah. But that would have been my two mm-hmm. if we could reuse people and right, Sasha right. was there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Bianca and Sasha, I think it's the best women's WrestleMania match ever. Yeah, they had a phenomenal it's, match. It's just awesome. Yep. Um, I think actually a close, so like the three-way is close. I think Bianca and Becky at 38 is really also good. awesome. It was really good. But you good. can't reuse Bianca, so you right. can't use that one. Yep. Um, Which other one? So my second one, and you said you said it before, and you said I can't use that one, yeah. is Charlotte Asuka. Yeah. It's the route I went. Yeah. Because I think that match is awesome. Now, I do agree. I think Asuka should have won that yeah, match. Yeah, that really took me out. It really it. sucked that she yeah. didn't win, but I think the match, match in total is awesome. And really, WrestleMania 34, the first two matches are on this card, yeah. which I think is funny. The IC, I have the IC yep. and that match. and. Open up in a great. I really thought yeah. thirty four was on its way to be like, oh, this might be like a legit, mania. a legit mania, yeah. and then it kind of really goes downhill after that <laughs> and gets into the main event where you get Roman and Brock for yeah. the second time, which sucks. And then Brock just kills him. Yeah, yeah. But um, but this mania started off hot, and both yeah. those matches are on mine. Fantastic. My other one, I have, I I do have Bianca and Sasha as well. The other one I have is Trish Stratus and Mickey James from WrestleMania twenty one. Mm-hmm. Reason being, number one, I think it's a standout match. We never got Trish Lita by themselves, which would have been preferred they yeah. did a triple threat with jazz which ugh. but so we never got that but trish kind of being like the the charlotte of her era right seven time champion at the time you know mickey james kind of just starting out on the main roster and really having a breakout performance here where you go and they gave him a little bit of time and they told a great story and you went okay like that was a match like they went out and kicked the shit out of each other mickey comes away with the title you've established a new star Mickey's still to this day kicking ass, right? She's a Hall of Famer in her own right. Just two women having the opportunity to go out and show what they could do in a good wrestling match. Two of the standouts of that era, you know, kind of stood out to me. So, mm-hmm. all right, world title matches. All right, main event time. Main events time. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll go first. This is the one I kind of had to stretch a little, just yeah. a little, because I was really struggling to find world title matches. Mm-hmm. Um. But I had to find a place for this guy on my show, okay? Because it's 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 not really a show without him, okay? So because I already had Sean in here with Razor, 
I already had Edge in the tag match, right? Oh, so and you're I trying to find a spot for Cena. I was trying to find a spot for Cena. Gotcha. Okay. So, and I wasn't going to put Big Show on my card at any point in time. So, <laughs> John Cena, Triple H, WrestleMania 22. Okay. I was torn because him and JBL sucked because mm-hmm. he beat them in five seconds. Him and Sean at 23 was great. I already got Sean on there. 24 against Orton and Triple H. I already got Triple H, you know, like, Slide yeah, in. exactly. So I was like, okay. And that, that match wasn't all that spectacular, I don't feel like, coming out of 24. I thought it was okay. Didn't main event that year. Mm-hmm. It was the Edge Undertaker main event. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, 25. Edge's in it. So Edge. 26 was Batista. Yeah, That's terrible, great. right? Rusev. Those like oh, you know, like no yeah, I'm, I'm, just saying, I'm, like, I'm not going chronological. I'm just yeah. saying like there were matches where I'm like oh, okay like it just doesn't fit the well, same. I was, well, Rusev would have been the U S. So you could use that for mid card, right? But, but I didn't want to. Yeah, right. I just didn't feel like that was the level yeah. that I think. So from my list, I have, um, I could have went two different ways with my list yeah. for my world titles. Mm-hmm. I have like five guys that are kind of in the picture. Yeah, I could have just maneuvered the matches around. Right, and I did think about Cena Rock. I, heavily yeah. considered, but yeah. their 29 match sucks. It does. That's why I didn't put... Rock is not on my card. The it's, Rock is not on my card, if, and it if, was difficult for me to be like, no. If 28 was the title match, yes. that would be I on my put, card. I would put it on as well. But 29 sucks. Same thing with, like, I, you know, Rock is a difficult one. I don't have Chris Jericho on here. But, so the reason why I went back to Cena Triple H, Cena is still at that moment where people are... They're behind him. But we have yet to really get to the Cena sucks, go Cena stuff yet, right? Yeah. They hasn't really fully got there yet. And I, I would beg to argue that a lot of people thought going into that, Triple H is going to beat Cena. I would, I would I assume would, so, right? too. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, he Triple H comes off, he puts over Batista the year before, right? Okay, Triple H hasn't been champion in a year. He hasn't been champion in a year. Come on. Yeah. He's going to take the Yeah, the here. reign of Triple H time. Right, Triple H. Well, not only that, it's but... just like, okay, Cena's been champion basically all year outside of a blimp against Edge. Okay, Cena takes it, or Triple H takes it, right? But instead, it's a, I feel like that is tr- that is Cena's real coronation. Yes, he beats JBL, and he's champion. But him beating Triple H in the main event, taps out clean, went right in the middle, right? I think that's the moment where you go, he's now the franchise. It's him. Rock's gone. Austin's gone, right? Triple H is the last remaining real torchbearer, right? He's handing this over to Cena. Mm -hmm. And it's really Cena's time now. So I think the match is great. I think it's one of Cena's better WrestleMania matches. Looking back on it, the thing I thought, I wish we would have had Cena Edge one-on-one for the world title or yeah. the WWE championship. Cause I don't have another Cena match that I can point to and go, wow. Yeah. Like there's only a couple. Yes. All right. So my one, I'll go with my Cena one. Yeah. I, because my honorable mention yeah. was, t- so my original yeah. miscellaneous match was Sean Taker. Yeah. Yeah. And then we made the rule of, mm-hmm. okay, we'll just add an extra taker one yeah. and, and not count it. Yeah. So I moved that to my honorable, moved Triple H into my main card. Yeah. So my one Cena match is Cena Sean, yeah. Mania 23. Right. Yep. Yeah. I was able to sneak that in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that match, I mean, I think that is Cena's yeah. probably best Mania match. Yeah. Not really. Because, I mean, really, really, let's see, right? Batista, who was the next year? It was Batista. Well, it was P- Batista. Miz. 
Miz. Oh, yeah. So if you're going from... Yeah, tw- yeah. Yeah. So yeah. like you have Batista 26, Miz at 27, yep. The Rock both times. Yep. Rock 28. Which was really good. It was really good. Yep. yep. Uh, 30 was Bray. 31 was Rusev. 32, he wasn't there. 33 was the tag with... Um, Brie Bella. Brie Bell- Nikki was, Bella. Yeah, 34 was 34 Taker. was Taker. Yep. Uh, 35, he wasn't there. Yep. 36 was uh, Firefly Funhouse yeah, thingy. that's terrible. Uh, 37, I don't believe he was... They are 37 or 38, right? I mean, no, I don't I, think I could so. could be wrong. No, but I don't, I don't think so. Think you, I don't think yeah. he was at the Either way. So, so, and when you yeah. go before that, you know, you're kind of rolling at the Triple H, yeah. like you the said. Big Show or big JBL. Sh- J- big Show, JBL. That's it. Um, you know, Edge and Big Show's in there. The yeah, 25, yeah. But, like, really, I think Cena, Sean, really yeah. highlights Cena I was there. at the Mania. Main events, the show. In Detroit. In Detroit. Yep. Um, so this is my favorite Cena Mania and match. And that was supposed to be Cena Triple H, too. Mm-hmm. You know, but Triple H gets hurt, blows his knee out again, and they kind of just go, all right, well, let's slot Sean in there. And yeah. so... And the funny part is, they had that match on Raw, like, oh my a week God. or two later. Dude, that, that might even be better. The London one where Sean wins at, like, 60 minutes. Yeah. Oh, phenomenal. Yeah. Just like, phenomenal. it's crazy that he probably had a better match, like, on a Raw, like, yeah. a week or two after. Yeah. But this main match happens, and right. uh, I'm sorry. All right, last one. Last go one. Uh, because I didn't use these two, yep. and I think it's... You know, one of the best main events on one of the best WrestleManias. For the world title. For the world title. Stone Cold versus The Rock. Yep. Yep. Didn't yep. add that on there. Yeah. Which was, one? Wh- what? Which one? 17. 17. 17. Okay. 17. Okay. Because yes. some people like 15 better. Some people like 17 better. Yeah. So I, I prefer the 17 one. Yeah. Um, I like 17 better right up until the last second where he shakes Vince McMahon's hand. I go, mm-hmm. oh. Yeah. But outside of that. But yeah, 17, the match itself, yeah. I, I find a lot of fun. And I think it's like one of those where I don't like go back and watch it very often mm-hmm. or anything, but it's like one of those where if it's you like. you told me, if you put, if you were like, hey, I'm going to watch WrestleMania 17 today, I'd be like, all right, I'm going to come over and watch WrestleMania <laughs> I love that show. Yeah. Oh, I don't, literally, I, top to bottom. I was just saying, I don't think I've watched a show top to bottom in a really long time that's not live. Yeah. Like, I haven't gone back no. to watch But show if you top told to me, I'd be like, oh, yeah. But, for sure. uh,. But yeah, this uh, Stone Cold versus The Rock, I feel like because I didn't use both of them mm-hmm. and it's there, I'm like, yeah. I feel like I have to capitalize. And oh, use absolutely. It. And that was my first one I put down. But yeah. because I had Stone Cold against Brett, I was like, well, I can't. I can't yeah, do you it. You can't double do um, My last one, and it's not because of this 35, 40 minute barn burner of a show. It's strictly for historical significance. And I think it it's literally the most iconic match when you think of professional wrestling, especially WWE, it's Hogan Andre mm-hmm. from WrestleMania three. I've got both the main event and the intercontinental from that show. And because when you look at Hogan, Andre, Andre hasn't lost a match in 15 years. Hogan is the guy, right? He's in a, he's in like year three of the next, you know, four year round that he's got with it. Um, and nobody knew it's one of those it's and why when we talk about matches you know when we preview shows right and it's always fun to go i don't know who's going to win this match that's Mm -hmm. why i i get giddy because it's so fun to think about nobody knew who was going to win this match and it's the first time ever where you went andre's a bad guy had never happened before and then also okay it's andre hogan the world title you can't you don't how do you beat andre Mm -hmm. how do you beat andre the giant it's andre the giant but it's Hulk Hogan, you know, the immovable force versus, you know, the unstoppable. It's like, it's just, it's just all that stuff like that. You just, you look at it, you put it all together and you go, it's such an iconic match. It's the match that drew the biggest house in history. Mm-hmm. And it's the match that people will go. I remember where I was the moment that Hulk Hogan slammed Andre the giant. You just don't forget stuff like that. Right. So it's, 
It's something where Hogan's such a big part of it, and Andre basically allowing Hogan to do it because, you know, you hear the stories where it's like they didn't even know, right, if Andre was going to go for it or not. That kind of stuff is crazy Mm -hmm. to think that a guy like that had such the respect within the industry with Vince McMahon, where Vince McMahon's like, look, I think he's going (laughs) to. You know what I mean? Like, I think he's going to put you over. And then when Andre doesn't tell Hogan right away, like, hey, this is what we're going to do, that's an interesting kind of spot to be in, right? So all things considered, I think Hogan Andre, it's one of those moments where you just go, it's got to be, you got to find a spot for it somewhere. What was a match that you were heavily considering that were like, it just, I just can't fit it on there? Because I had a couple. Like, yeah. like if we would have had that past versus present, which was one of the things on there, and we could have used duplicates, Rock Hogan would have definitely been on my Yeah, Rock Hogan would have made it uh, if we had duplicates and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, matches that, like I said, so like Rock Cena 28 yeah. was one that was like, I should probably put on here somewhere, but. Just can't find just a spot can't, like, for it. Yeah, yeah I don't, I don't want to use... A, it's like when you play, uh, like, Yahtzee, and yeah. you're like, you roll a specific number, yeah. and you're like, that's a good one, but I got to use it here because right. I got to save up the more useful spots. Yeah. Like, I don't want to use the miscellaneous on a Cena rock right. because then the championship matches that literally, like, 20 of the 30 manias have <laughs> rock or Cena in the championship match right. you can't use now, basically, right? right? Exactly. So, um, I think another one... And I think it's more, it's not really on the match, but it's on like the idea of the moment is if you technically want to count Rollins, Reigns, Lesnar for 31, like that's one where I was like, because in like cage match and everything else, it counts Rollins in the match the whole time because he wins, but he cashes in midway through. That's one where I'm like, that's like awesome moment and Mm -hmm. a really good, that's their best match. But it's like, one, I used Rollins already and two... There's probably a lot better out there. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, Those were. Is that like your top moment for you at at WrestleMania? Well, you know what's funny is that's the first Mania I watched live. Really? Okay. Wow. You started out hot then. Yeah. Okay. Because like I didn't watch any of the Mania's like pre thirty pre network because they were like a hundred dollars. Yeah, me too. And so like I'm not forking out a (laughs) hundred dollars at you know twelve years old watching these shows. And then when a lot of lawns. Yeah, when the network came out, it came out at WrestleMania time. Yeah. And so thirty. Yeah, for thirty. And so I didn't watch that one, and my parents got me the subscription for my birthday yeah. in December of right. that year. So Mania Thirty One was the first one I was like watching live. Yep. So like that memory of like my first Mania watching on TV yeah. was also the Mania that Rollins cashes. One of my favorite wrestlers cashes in and wins and wins the world title for yeah. the first time. Yeah. It's like one of those like oh, yeah. popping moments for me. Wait, so listen, you don't got to tell me. All right, look, okay, I've. Moments galore here, okay? The, <laughs> yeah. You're talking to the same guy who would go to the video store to rent a VHS tape and go, ah, Brett doesn't win in this match. Never mind, can't rent that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then, like, obviously, because I know I know you're, you're biased on it. The, yeah. The Brett Austin one, I wanted to try to slot in somewhere. Yeah. But it really only can go in miscellaneous. Yes, right. And, yeah, there's no titles. There's nothing. And I don't yeah. watch it enough to yeah. where, like, I, I'm more in Captain the Undertaker, Triple H, or Undertaker Michaels matches right. than that one. And if we had another category yeah. of some kind of thing where we could yeah. fit it in, I would have fit it into a different having category. Having not Sean Taker was difficult for me. Um, having, there was a, there's a few of them on here where I go, man, that really sucks that I don't have, like, the fact that I don't have The Rock anywhere on this show is it's wild. weird to me. I, I felt like I had to have Cena on my show. That I was kinda, the guy. I, I kind of moved some. So originally I had 
Brian Orton and Batista on mm-hmm. for one of my main events just because of the moment and everything. But I was like, I have to have Cena somewhere, and I didn't use Michaels. So I was like, I could use Cena Michaels. Mm-hmm. So that one kind of got bumped last yeah, minute. Right. That was also on the card. I, I found myself having to walk that line between like my favorites as compared to like historical, right? Yeah. Like I person like the match at like even like WrestleMania 10, the latter match, I find that the match between Razor and Sean at, at SummerSlam that year was actually better. Mm-hmm. I like it better only because I'd seen it first Yeah, because I didn't see WrestleMania 10 first. I had the VHS tape of the SummerSlam match between mm-hmm. the two. So I always thought that match was better. And yeah. you know what I mean? So it's like, it's hard to kind of go back and rework history like that. So some of that stuff is, is hard for sure. Um, but yeah, no, that was fun. I like that. That was a good time. We should do that. We should do this. Yeah, we could do it for every pay per view, Rob. Oh God! Right? Let's what's not do what's that. extreme rules? Have, have you had ever, a lot of extreme rules? Have you seen that? There's a YouTube thing out there where there's a, it's like a competition. It's called Survival Series. Yeah, where those go, guys they go reverse chronological. Those are hard, dude. I've done it. I did it. I've, I've done the last two. I did the the WWE title, and I just mm. did the Intercontinental with Julia. Like I had her like bring up Wikipedia, mm. and I went through it. Now I. The Intercontinental was rough because there's yeah, a moment there hard. in 99 and 2000 where the title changes every month. But the world title, I got pretty close to being 100% mm-hmm. accurate, like, first yeah. go through. Well, it's because, like, they did one on... Um, they did the Elimination Chamber one, and I was like, <sighs> no freaking way. No freaking I can, way. I, I was going to say, I can do recent <laughs> ones, but once they once they're, once they they go on to the shows that aren't Elimination Chamber, mm-hmm. I get confused. When I that, it's like, okay, which one was the main event? Which one wasn't? That yes, also that's screws also, me Like, up. Rumble, the same thing, where I know the, the men main evented every single one except this previous one yeah. and the first one. Right. But then it's like, okay, but, like, who wins which one right. and stuff can mm-hmm. be hard. Yeah. Uh, Rumble one, I did the best on. Yeah. No, the got, WWE Championship I did really good on. Intercontinental, I got, I got way past where they were. I mean, we could, we could shoot for one of these quizzes one time. I could just well, next week, I can just pop in and be like, random championship. Oh go, god, reverse comic or Jeez, that's the hard part though. Is like, how do you do that? Because like tags, no way. The amount of random tag teams that have held the tag titles, yeah. like, oh, remember when Rock and Taker held it for four days? Mm-hmm. Oh wait, no, you don't. No way, no. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So a lot of that stuff is really, really, really difficult. It's a lot of fun though. I enjoy it. Test, test the old noggin. Yeah, I like that they do reverse chronological because then I have a fighting chance. Because if they did like regular, like if they were like, um, you like WWE champions from the first on, I'd be like, well, I don't know the first like 20. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, I I just gotta remember Hogan gets there somewhere. Yeah, I was like, I was like, eventually gets to Hogan, and then you know, maybe once it gets to Hogan, it's really easy because it's like, okay, Hogan, then this guy, then Hogan, then this guy, Hogan, Andre, Savage, Hogan, Warrior, Hogan. You yeah, I mean? like but like reverse chronological, I can at least be like, okay, who's the current champion and who did they win off of? I can kind of go backwards a little bit. And then I go, I don't watch a lot of WWE. So yeah, we do week, yeah. so I don't remember. WWE, WWE title form was fun. The World Heavyweight Championship was one I probably could do, probably. Especially if I went start to finish. Yeah, Reverse chronological is hard because, hard because it's like, okay, Cena, then it was like Del Rio, and then I was like, why was Del Rio champion for so long? And then you got like the random big shows of the world and stuff, so yeah. it's like a hard... It's it's fun though for sure. Maybe it's we'll, cool. we'll test your theory maybe every once in a while. Maybe do some trivia on some of the slower weeks that we got because yeah. we don't got any playoffs to talk about halftime in Detroit. So we got to do something to <laughs> I was fill gonna air say, time. The summertime we got to really I know scrap out some stuff. I know I know. Well, well, we'll we can, I, I think it's a, that that idea is fun to even do for like if you could do like NFL MVPs or something. Oh my god, yeah, you'd be way better at that than I would. I would be I'm very good at that because oh. I'm, I'm a big award NBA MVPs. Oh jeez, I could I could I can knock some. I know it's a bronze not on there very much. So. <laughs> so, <laughs> 
Jokic is on there all the time. <laughs> Luca's not on there? Well, it's because he sucks. It's fine. All right, that's going to be it for this week's show. On behalf of the Missing Wheel Man, he's the Merck, so I'm Mike Merkel. I'm the Mouth of Michigan, and we will see you guys, as always, next time.